right, we're going to start out with the scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew 5, 13. This is Jesus talking. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So today, we're going to talk about salt. That's exactly right. We're going to talk about salt, and we're going to talk about some good salt, and we're going to talk about some bad salt, and we're going to talk about why Jesus would use the example of us being salt to the earth, and we'll also talk about how salt can actually lose its flavor and what happens when it does. We're going to break that scripture down. Salt, real salt, can have many, many, many benefits to your body, but there's also salt that's not so good for you. And that salt looks like this. Yes. Now, I'm not a Morton salt hater, but let me just help you to understand how bad refined salt is for you, okay? Refined salt is really bad for you. It's been cooked at about 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. It's been bleached, and it has synthetic chemicals that are added to it. These are manufactured forms of sodium, iodine, bicarbonate, fluoride, anti-caking agents, toxic amounts of potassium, iodine, and aluminum derivatives. This salt is incredibly toxic and will actually raise your blood pressure because your body is rejecting it. All right? However, salt like this has incredible benefits to your life. Sea salt, or especially this salt, pink Himalayan salt, which is mined out of mines in the Himalayan mountains, this salt has every single essential mineral in it that your body needs. Did you know that? 84 essential minerals that your body needs. First of all, real salt has a lot of benefits to your body. It hydrates you. It balances your sodium and potassium levels. Um, your body can't live without sodium. That's why, you know, when our children are sick and, or you're not feeling well, we give them Gatorade or uh, what's it called? Pedialyte, thank you. So real salt and a healthy balance of salt in your body can actually help your nerve impulses to transmit better. It can help your muscles to contract and relax better, hence preventing cramping. Especially, it's especially good for your heart and your blood vessels. It detoxes your body and balances your pH level. <clears throat> it balances your blood sugar. <clears throat> Each one of your blood cells has about 0.9% of salt in it. Your entire body has about 0.4% of salt in it. Now, if you weigh 110 pounds, that's about a cup of salt. If you weigh 220 pounds, that's almost two cups of salt at any given time is what your body has in it by weight, okay? Really, salt has a lot of incredible benefits. It supports a healthy hormone balance. Some of you really need that. <laughs> it balances blood pressure. Some of us really need that. It improves sleep and rest functions. It's a powerful antihistamine. It supports weight loss because it balances your hormones and it actually increases or improves your energy level and it supports your thyroid and adrenal function. 
those are just some of the benefits of what healthy salt can do to your body. So simply put, put the right salt can have incredible health benefits while man-made toxic salt can kill you. Okay? Now some of you are going to start to see where I'm going to go with this. Okay? In biblical times, salt was incredibly useful and valuable. The widespread technology to produce salt on a large scale was not available then. Salt had to be raked and dried. Water had to be poured into pits and then wait for the fresh water to evaporate and then scraped. And so salt was incredibly, incredibly valuable. And so the process to obtain salt was tedious and difficult in those days. This is where salt was once used for commerce. In fact, salt today is still used as money by Ethiopian nomads in the plains of Ethiopia. Back in the day, Greek slave traders often bartered salt for slaves, hence the term that someone's not worth their salt. Roman legionnaires were paid in salt, which is where we get the word salarium, which is the Latin origin of the word salary. If you get paid a salary, that originally went back to the day when people were paid in salt. In the days of Jesus, salt was predominantly used as a preservative to protect food through salting or, or drying meats. This prevented mold and bad bacteria from infecting the meat, and salt would maintain the purity of the food for extended periods of time. Okay, Because if there's moisture in the meat, and we all know, I mean, they didn't have modern-day refrigerators back in the day. So salt was incredibly useful and needed to preserve and protect Food. And what would happen is the salt would draw the moisture out and then dry the meat to the point where mold and bacteria can't get into it. Salt also is used to brine foods. Okay, So if you soak meat like quail or tough meat in, in a saltwater solution, what it does, it'll actually pull out flavor, moisture, and cause the meat to be actually more tender or palatable. And, of course, we all know that salt is used to flavor food. Salt was also used for other things. One of the main things salt was used for is fertilizer because salt contains sodium, iron, calcium, magnesium, potassium, and other trace elements. Hence, when mixed properly, it creates a great fungus, fungicide or fertilizer. Now, everything I'm telling you is in the context when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Not only are we the salt of the world, we're the salt to the soil of people's life. And so we can bring fertilizer, we can bring health, we can bring healing, and we can bring strength. The idea was is that we are to bring the, the vital nutrients to the people around us. Okay? Let's bring up this pick. A lot of us have had, a pick, have this, had this in our life. It's an IV bag. And we know that an IV bag is basically a saline solution. And it contains the same amount of sodium as 20 snack bags of chips, in case you didn't know. Doctors use IV saline to replenish lost fluids, flush wounds, deliver medications, and sustain patients through surgery, dialysis, and even chemotherapy. So salt and saltwater solution is very, very powerful. If you are high dehydrated immediately the proper salt solution can hydrate your body and so hence when jesus said that we're the salt of the earth it's incredibly fascinating for you to see and understand 
And we're going to see salt in the context of the fact that salt is a life preserver. Salt actually is designed to be a life preserver for people in so many ways. And this was the dynamic of what Jesus was saying, that we are the ones that bring health and healing and wholeness to the world around us. We bring the flavor, we bring the life to the people that encounter us. Hence, we're the salt of the earth. We preserve life, we kill bad bacteria, we draw out moisture, we protect, we heal, and so much more. We help the world grow and prosper. Your body is incredibly, incredibly salty. Next time you sweat, just take a lick. <laughs> Next time you cry a tear, just take a taste. Am I right? So you understand that God, when, when Jesus used the analogy of us being the salt of the earth, it wasn't a light statement. And when you study out the health benefits of what's real salt, can do for you, and you get rid of the bad salt in your life, the man-made salt or the man-made religion that will kill you, you become life-giving forces to the world around you, okay? Biblically, salt represented many things, and I'm going to show you the most important thing here in just a moment of what salt represents in the Bible, and that is covenant. Salt also represented wisdom or being wise. So if you're really salty, you have grown in your wisdom and you've become wise and you're effective in other people's life. Salt played a role in ritual purity, in washing, in cleansing, and salt actually was also put on the wicks of lamps to increase brightness in Jesus' day. Let's just put it to you this way. <clears throat> God really likes salt. He really likes salt. In fact, look at Leviticus 2.13. You'll see just how much the Lord likes salt. He says, every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. Shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. And I want you to notice that it says the salt of the covenant. There's a lot of reasons why God identifies his covenant as a salt of covenant. All the reasons why I just told you, but especially the fact that salt has the ability to sustain your life for eternity. It's a preservative, and it's an eternal preservative. Hence, it's an eternal covenant. Now, I'm going to break this down. I'm going to make it a little more simpler for you in just a moment. But you have to understand salt as a covenant. Hence, God says, in all of your offerings, I want it to be salted, meaning in everything that you do, you never forget and you always represent the covenant that God has brought to your life. Second Chronicles 13.5, should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion of, over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons by what? A covenant of salt. So when Jesus makes the statement in Matthew 5.13, it has a lot of powerful implications. The covenant of salt is a covenant that endures forever. It means God loved you and did what you could never do and struck covenant with you by giving his son on the cross. He died so that you could live. He paid the price so that you can have an eternal covenant that lasts forever, and it's preserved because it's called the salt of the covenant. 
Numbers 18, 19. All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. All right? So, some of you may remember the story when Elijah was taken up into heaven and Elisha was received the double portion and was there standing. The chariots of fire came. Elijah did not die, but he was taken away. And when Elijah was taken away, Elisha is there, receives the double portion of the mantle, and about 50 or so prophets come to join together with him. And they're standing in a place that was extremely barren and fruitless. The water was bitter and the land was barren. Does anybody know where that happened? Jericho. Jericho was a place of incredible destruction. The Israelites had marched around Jericho, and we see that the land there at the time that Elisha was raised was extremely barren and extremely bitter. And so the prophet said, this is a really great place except for those two factors. Hence, like the land that we live in today, a lot of bitterness and a lot of barrenness. And so I want you to see what Elisha decides to do to solve the problem. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 20. And he said, this is Elisha, bring me a new bowl. Everybody say a new bowl. And put salt in it. Now we just pause right there. A new bowl, it could not have been used for anything else. It had to be transformed and made new. Hence your life when you get born again. You have got to have a rebirth in your life. You cannot continue to live the way that you used to live. Ephesians 4 says, put off the old man. That's corrupt. That had, had a hard heart, that had a darkened mind, darkened understanding, and lived the sinful way that you lived. I'm amazed at how many people come to this church week after week and for years and really fully have not surrendered everything to the Lord. You must become a new bowl. And then what the Lord does is he puts salt in it. And this is a picture of how God would bring healing to the land. So they brought it to him. They went out to the source of the water and cast in salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. New bowl add salt, put it into the source, and in turn, from the source, there's no more death and no more barrenness. Do you understand? I'm trying to keep this as simple as could be. We're talking really about one very simple scripture that has incredible implications because salt can heal and bring life and transfer and bring comfort and strength and heal the soil of people's hearts. It brings fertilizer and comfort. And here's an example of how it healed bitter waters. And in turn, once the waters were healed, guess what else could be healed? The land. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, New Testament. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Salt is an example of wisdom. And as we walk in wisdom, everything that has been lost, robbed, and stolen in your life can be redeemed. It's never too late. Let's say that together. It's never too late. 
I don't care how old you are, how bad you've been, or what you've done. Jesus never gives, if you are breathing right now, which y'all, I don't think anybody's physically dead. Some of you may be feeling spiritually dead, but I'm telling you, God can resurrect you and it's never too late. Walk in wisdom and redeem the time. Meaning, take back what's been lost. Thank you. Verse 6. Let your speech, the way you talk, always be with grace. That means that you are empowering other people around you to become who God's called them to become and seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So our speech is to have a lot of grace and to be seasoned with salt. We are the salt of the earth, okay? So if you have, spiritually speaking, mold, bad bacteria, you're sick, you're dying, you're flavorless, tasteless, being trampled underfoot, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. If you get around me or you get around a believer or somebody gets around you, what should be happening? Come on, guys. We're, I mean, we're leading to a place where we're going we're gonna to focus on mental health, but I'm taking you there by helping you to understand you're the salt of the earth. So you are the answer to bring health and healing and wholeness to people's lives. And what we don't need is man-made religion that's been cooked to 1,200 degrees and bleached with a bunch of fake synthetic materials in it. Right? That's what the disdain is. It becomes, dis it's a disdain. Nobody wants it. That's why we're seeing thousands and thousands of young adults and college students walking away from the Lord or having no desire to be a part of God's family. Really, they just see it as church and a man-made structure, but we're changing that because this is really about family, and it's about us being really salty. You're to be seasoned with salt and season your speech with salt. Mark chapter 9, verse 49 to 50. Everyone's going to be seasoned with fire. What does that mean? It means that every single one of us will go, for, go through suffering, trials, and tribulation, no matter how you, whether you like it or not. God, God is in the overcoming. I'm sorry for what you've been through. I'm sorry for what you faced. I've heard, I've heard a lot. And some of you are stuck in the past or have been stuck in the past but are getting free now. But you've been seasoned with fire. Notice the fires of tribulation and hardship and overcoming are actually called seasoning. Show me somebody that's overcome. Show me somebody that's wrestled with God. Show me somebody that's, that has fought the good fight of faith. And in turn, you become seasoned with fire. And every sacrifice, which we're living sacrifices, we're to present ourselves as sacrifice, should be seasoned with what? Why? Because salt is good. Verse 50. Salt is good. Everybody say that with me. Salt is good. Now, I understand some of you have some real health issues in your life, and you can't take any extra sodium, but I'm also telling you that the right salt, for the right reason, can be beneficial, but more than anything, what Jesus wasn't trying to give us necessarily a lesson in chemistry. He wasn't trying to give you a lesson necessarily on what should or shouldn't be on your table. So this isn't a matter of I'm trying to get you all to eat more salt or whatever. This is the, a spiritual understanding that salt is good. Do you get it? Yeah. 
be salty. I don't know what else to tell you. Because if you're not salty, we're going to have a real problem. And I'm going to show you that in a moment. <clears throat> salt is good. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves. <laughs> I mean, the Bible, this is just like so simple and black and white. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like, have salt in yourself, people. And guess what comes from that? Peace with one another. Peace with, and have peace with one another. So we'll go back one more time to Matthew 5, 13. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but thrown out to be trampled underfoot by men. Let's talk about how salt can lose its flavor. First of all, it's incredibly difficult for salt to lose its flavor, like almost near impossible. The, the point that Jesus was making is that it's so idiotic for salt to lose its flavor that the mindset is, is when you get born again and become a disciple, you should never be losing your flavor. And that once you get, give your life to Christ, he starts the process of work of making you flavorful. And you become more flavorful over the course of time. But there's an enemy that wants to rob your flavor and wants to rob your saltiness. Okay? Because there's a contrast in the scripture. Salt to the earth. However, that's the light. Here's the dark. If you lose it, you're going to be good for nothing and trampled underfoot by men. You've got to see the contrast. Okay, so when it says salt has lost its flavor, the King James Version says savor. And the actual word for lost its flavor is one word, and it's a word some of you have heard before. It's in a lot of places in the Bible, and it's the same exact word for foolishness. And it's the word in our English language of being a moron. It's where we get the word moron. And what it really means is that to lose flavor means to, to be or act foolishly. It means that I have decided to live my life in a foolish way. I've chosen to not be obedient to the Lord and retain my saltiness, but instead I've chosen to go the way of the world or live contrary to his purposes and plans. And in turn... My, I lose my savor or my flavor because of the way that I have acted and the way that I've chosen to live. I proved God foolish. I proved what I believe foolish in my life. It means to make flat and tasteless, no strength or flavor. Let me give you a couple of fun new words. You know, I like to give you guys some new words. How many of you know what the word insipid means? I got one person. Good, then I'm doing great. To be insipid means that there's nothing distinct about you. It has no distinction. It's not interesting or stimulating or pleasing. It means that your life to others isn't distinctive. It means I'm insipid. I'm just like the world. I may profess Jesus as a Christian, but my life sets the, sets the example of otherwise. It's hypocritical. It means that there's no distinction. It means that I'm, I'm, there's no desire for anybody to want what I have. Do you understand? So when Jesus says it's lost its flavor, he's saying you've become insipid. There's nothing interesting. 
you're going to try to preach the gospel to me, and there's, you're not living the gospel. There's no, there's no conviction. You can't convince me because I'm looking at your life. Bam! Now just take it in. It's all right. I love you all, but you got to preach the truth on a Sunday morning. Because I'm going to tell you how critical it is that you do not lose your saltiness. Because you don't want to be trampled underfoot. You know another great word for lost its favor? Or flavor? Favor. Lost its flavor? It's the word vapid. Not vaping, for some of you that are associating that word with that. I'm saying vapid. You know what the word vapid means? How many of you know what the word vapid means? Wow, Nikki's my, my one girl that's got them both. It means there's no life and no flavor. To be vapid means you have no life and you have no flavor. So what happens is, is that if you lose your saltiness, you become insipid and you become vapid. People have no interest, no desire, or their disdain. Now you have to understand that the Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that don't believe. So if you're gonna call yourself a Christian and say you hear God's voice and are gonna adhere to his standards in this day, of a day and age, they're going to already call you foolish. But here's the beautiful thing. Don't give them any grounds to it, for it to actually be true. Because it doesn't matter what you say about me unless it's true. Man. Do you understand? People are going to think you're crazy. Family, friends, they're going to say you're a moron. They will call you a moron. It means to be stupid or an idiot or a blockhead. And your faith and your belief systems are idiotic. Atheists, Satanists, all kinds of people are going to say that about you. It's going to happen. But what you don't want to do is it to actually be true. And what Jesus says is if you lose your saltiness, it's true. Do you understand? If you lose your saltiness, you become a moron. Now, I love you. Don't, please don't get offended. I'm giving you the Greek word and what the Bible says. This isn't play time. This is go time, not show time. This is us representing accurately what it means to be salty. You are the salt of the earth. You bring life and balance and health to the body of Christ and to the people in the world. You transfer soils and hearts in the hearts of people. Now, Jesus says, if you're not salty, you will be trampled underfoot. Some of you may remember my heart soil message. And I talked about the seed that fell to the wayside and was trampled underfoot. Don't be the seed that falls to the wayside. Let God transform your heart and take out the heart of stone so that he can put in a heart of flesh. And don't be shallow soil so that the birds of the air can pick the seed out of you. All right, and that comes from being authentic. It comes from being authentic. It comes from being, being real with yourself. It's counter for, to nature for salt to lose its saltiness. 
Hence, it's counter to, to God's will that the disciples lose their saltiness. It's not God's, it is very, very, very hard for salt to lose its salt. Once you become authentically born again, it's difficult for the saltiness of your life to be lost. Very, very difficult. But it can happen. How can salt lose its saltiness or its flavor? Well, if salt is diluted and has moisture, uh, an abundance of moisture and then is dried out repeatedly, it becomes a white, very white, powdery substance that's almost tasteless. Growing up by the ocean and growing up in Miami and here, you can see that on things, that over the period of time, salt, something that's salty over the course of time, that can turn into a powdery substance that has been constantly reduced and constantly reduced and constantly reduced. That's what the world wants to do, is reduce you so that you're ineffective. Another incredible way <coughs> that salt can lose its saltiness is when a, when a substance is added by man to salt called gypsum. You have that picture, the rock picture. You know what gypsum is? Gypsum is like kryptonite to Superman. That's what that is. And so gypsum is basically a calcium that when it's added to salt, it, it literally reduces and removes the salt out and in turn can cause a hardening effect, such as plaster of Paris. Okay, so plaster of Paris, cement, wallboard, blackboard, chalk. Those are, a lot, those are things that have gypsum in it. And gypsum effectively removes and reduces salinity levels from soil or it decreases the salinity level. Do you know that? Hence, when an area that has a lot of clay in the soil, gypsum can make the soil, it can pull some of that out through leaching with water. So man-made, so gypsum is like man-made religion. Gypsum is like man-made religion. And that's what the enemy wants to add to your life because he comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. And in many times, gypsum was added to salt and it would effectively reduce the taste of salt completely. If gypsum is added straight to salt, the salt will have no flavor to it. And so what God does is, or what the enemy does is over time, you might have been really salty when you first got born again. But over the course of time, your, your heart or your faith gets hardened. By what? Hardships, circumstances, crisis, difficulty, struggles, challenges, persecution, the pursuit of material gain and wealth, the lack of letting your flesh die and you keep wanting to do your own thing instead of God's thing. And what happens is over time is that saltiness can be robbed and in turn, hearts can become hardened. That's what happens in Ephesians 4, which I'll be teaching on in Blind Mind, is that people walk in the vanity or the transience of their mind. And in turn, they never settle. And then what happens is their understanding becomes darkened. Their heart, be their heart becomes petrified. It's a petrified heart. 
And so you have to understand that God wants you to stay salty and cultivate the soil and heart condition of your life by staying connected to the vine and by allowing Jesus to keep putting salt from the source into your new bowl. That's what happens. How many of you know the saltiest place on earth? Happens to be, now you can pull up my last picture, right here, the Dead Sea. This is a picture of, uh, you know, us. I didn't put the one of Amber and I up there. She's so thankful for that. <laughs> this salt water is, is 11 times the normal of regular ocean salt water. And it's located in Israel. So you've got to see how powerful this, what Jesus was saying. Salt in Israel and the use of salt to reflect covenant and to preserve life for eternity was powerful. For Jesus to make that statement to the Israelites was profound. Really was the disciples. And now that statement is being made to us. There's a battle for your saltiness. Now let me tell you what happens when you're not salty. When you lose your flavor, Jesus said that it's good for nothing and it becomes trampled underfoot. In those days, salt would be used in pathways and road systems to strengthen the road. Literally, it would be used to be for you to walk on. But as I've taught this before, it goes like this. When you're born again, the Bible says that all things are made subject to us and put under our feet. When you're born again, the devil and his kingdom has already been defeated. The devil can't have anything unless you give it to him. So you have to shut the door. Let's say that together. Shut the door. And so to be trampled underfoot means that instead of you walking in victory, over the enemy under your feet, the enemy puts you under his feet. To be trampled underfoot means to be insulted. It means to be riled against, slandered. It means to be beat down. And it means that people literally walk all over you. You can't lose your saltiness, guys. It's extremely hard to lose saltiness. But the enemy works on overtime to rob you of your saltiness so that you can become ineffective. And some of you have been getting so beat down, trampled by the enemy. Maybe once you were really on fire for Jesus, but over the course of time, hardship, or difficulty, you found yourself wanting to cast away your faith or give up, or you're not giving an accurate representation of who Christ is. God wants you salty. I want you salty. And if you hang around me, I'll make sure you get salty. And now, if people hang around you, you make sure they get. <laughs> Do you understand how this works? Because salt, here's another powerful thing about salt. Salt enhances flavors in a contrast and pulls flavors out 
That's why I personally, my favorite gelato is salted caramel. I'm a salted caramel freak, just letting you all know. I love salty. I even love crystals of salt in my gelato. Seriously. Like, I'm a just ask Amber. I got a big thing of pink Himalayan salt. I'm going to write a little label on it today, later, that says, this is me. <laughs> and every time I see that salt on the counter, it's going to say, or it'll say, this is you. How's that? Every time you see that salt, you realize and recognize that's who you are. You don't need the, the man-made Morton salt. Get the real salt. And understand the power of what it has in your life and what you are to be. Use it as a... You'll never look at salt the same after this message today, I can assure you. Okay? And if you're being trampled underfoot, if you were beat down, persecuted, if you were robbed, if you've been living contrary to God's ways, if you're living in sin, if you know there's hypocritical things in your life, and you want it gone, and, or you want to be transformed, all you have to have is a yes in your heart, and God does the rest. I'm telling you, he's extremely merciful and patient. Extremely. Like, to no end merciful. The fact, it really is to no end. 37 times the Bible says, the, uh, for God is good, and the mercy of the Lord endures, and his mercy endures eternally. So, God wants to bring you into the salt of his covenant. You need the salt of his covenant, which means you're preserved eternally. It means no fungus and no moisture and bad bacteria can get into my life. No spiritual fungus. Let's get rid of the spiritual fungus, guys. It'll kill you. Spiritual black mold is on the hunt for your life. And I know what natural black mold can do to you, personally. So if that's you and you're, you have lost your saltiness or never become salty, you need a spiritual IV bag hooked up to you. Do you understand? If you're spiritually dehydrated, I'll give you all kinds of examples. You have no moisture from the Lord, no refreshing, no water. If you are dry, you need a Holy Ghost IV bag hooked up to you. You know some great Holy Ghost IV bags? Worship. That's why we worship the way we do. Just get into his presence, and then he starts to soften your heart. Try to pull weeds out of a dry, cracked ground, and you'll pull giant clumps of soil out, and you can damage the section of soil. But when the ground is moist and you pull the weeds out, you don't do damage to the soil. Some of you need some weed gardening in your, in your heart today. You need some weed gardening. Now, if you're feeling a little bit convicted, it's all right. That's why we come here. All you need is a yes in your heart and say, give me a Holy Ghost IV. Just hook me up. Just make the decision to say I need to be salty. And I don't, I'm tired of being flavorless. And I'm tired of other men and other people trampling me underfoot. I'm tired of not walking in real authority and power. I'm tired of the devil kicking my hiney. Yeah. I'm tired of him uh, coming after my kids and, and, the, and 
tormenting me and bringing all these different sicknesses and fears and worries in my life. The enemy will always try to keep throwing them, but as you grow strong, my saltiness, he can't even touch it or affect it at all because my flavor is retained. Meaning my identity and confidence and the covenant. Here's another great way to say Matthew 5.13. You are the covenant of the earth. You're the covenant of the earth, people. You're the, we are the ones that stand firm in the covenant relationship of God. And when people see you, they should see him and what he's done in your life. That's called covenant. So hence, I am the covenant of the earth that lasts eternally. Do you get it? You guys got it? Let's all stand.